Welcome to the Old School Red Hill Podcast. An oral history of Red Hill, the people, the places, the times, and the music in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Who says you can't go back? It's a lot of flack, maybe rightfully so. I don't care who sang that song, it's a great song. <laughs> yeah. Old number nine, Gary Emmon. We took the loss. Zero information on the game in the data record. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Chip Jamerson. I feel like, I feel like you're in my truck driving to school that morning. <laughs> but I feel like I am. And Brian Emmons. I never said Tony Gaither said Chris Lyle. He said Duck. Tony G. This and every episode brought to you by our sponsors, Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, the Andrews Insurance Agency, People's State Bank, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. I didn't realize we went half the damn field. I got to showcase my speed. Yeah, oh. you caught it in full stride. I mean, it was going to be tough for anyone to catch you. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Like, do they keep people I awake? Think, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. they do. <laughs> you, <laughs> you answer that so confidently. <laughs> Back in the gun record. Carmine Zonks Salukis. Carmine Zonks and Salukis. Southside Lawrenceville. <laughs> I tried not to look at the, I wasn't even looking at the computer. <laughs> 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 Sorry for all the editing you're gonna have to do, Brian. It's worth it. Clearly, yeah, it's worth it. There's nothing funny about it. <laughs> I took it straight from the daily record. <laughs> uh, now let's take a trip back to the old school. Welcome to another episode of the Old School Red Hill Podcast, as you heard on our new opening. On hand tonight, the whole crew is back. Dave is out of the fields. David King, what is going on? Hey, good to be back, guys. Good to see you. Old number nine to the left of him on my screen, Mr. Gary Emmons. Good evening, guys. How you doing? Good to see David back. And my co-partner in crime and developing this podcast all the way from Colfax, Illinois, Charles Lynn Jamerson Jr. Thank you, Brian. Good to see you guys tonight. Chip, tell the folks what the topic is tonight. Well, if you listened to us a couple weeks ago, we did the Capital Classic. We covered five years from the Capital Classic. This year, we're going to go back a little further, go back a decade plus to the Red Hill post Thanksgiving tournament. That was always a as fun I, time. As I like to tell people, it's not all it's we don't have guest speakers, we don't have banners of sp- sponsorship banners, we don't have the Lawrence County Fair Queen presenting all tournament team trophies, we don't have hotel rooms booked at the Holiday Inn. Uh this is just let's go out and play three games of basketball after Thanksgiving and get the season started, see where we're at with our team. Three it's games all about and basketball, none of the glitz and no, glamour. Exactly. Uh, three games in 24 hours, 
uh, give or take. And I was when we were doing uh, research for this after following up our Cap- Capital Classic episode. You know that guy that does like the movie trailers with the super deep voice. I could just hear him saying like, "Before there was a Capital Classic, <laughs> there <Yes>. was a in <laughs> a, lo- a long running tournament. We're not even covering every. We're covering six of the years tonight, and that's only about half of them. Yeah, we're gonna start in 1978 and uh, go uh, to 1983. Uh, real quick, as you heard in the open, just want to mention our sponsors. Let them know that you listen to uh, our podcast and hear their ads and and uh, let them know how much you appreciate it. And, of course, that's Gray's Restaurant, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House, People's State Bank, and, of course, Andrew's Insurance Agency. Go see T-Bone and, and Juice. And, and, Brian, one quick thing. Can we get a has king wrapped up can we get a harvest present is he wrapped I, things up he's here tonight so i would I, I would love to get a harvest <laughs> we finished up uh we finished up corn harvest last month so we've been down about a week and uh was it a good crop or it was a great crop uh near record corn crop missed our missed our overall record by a bushel or two and a record bean crop so wow very, congratulations very, very good happy. job awesome and congratulations on being finished. Yeah, thank you. Well, so that was the uh, 2021 Harvest <laughs> Report by Mr. David King. That was a good one. All right, well, let's jump right into it. 1978 was the year, and the man that is going to paint that picture for us, Mr. Gary Emmons. we got to get this country music off, though. I want to hear a little double vision by Foreigner to lead us off. You're jumping right into the music, huh? <laughs> Don't give me a warning or anything. Let me, I'm flipping pages here. Uh, there. All right, got it. This sounds very 1978, I would say. Foreigner um, had a pretty nice run back in, uh, well, all the way through the '80s, but uh, some real, some real good, uh, real good stuff going on from Foreigner and the boys. Yeah, so we had a again, like we said, the Thanksgiving tournaments upon us here. Coaches this year: Mike Ray in his second year at the helm of Red Hill. He's assisted by Paul Tugall and Dan Barnfield. Do you guys have any remembrances of Dan Barnfield, except for just seeing them in the Dog Tales? I don't, just, I don't remember him. Yeah, just a very, very little, and mostly yearbooks. But I, I remember I, he may have been. No, I think he was gone by the time I was in high school. But I remember seeing him when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the race spoke very highly of him, and li- I lived there in the neighborhood with. Him. I mean, the I mean, Corey as a five-year-old this season looked up to coach barnfield i know i think he was actually a student teacher this year joined the staff but then he was obviously hired on because i know he was here uh a couple years at least a couple more years down the road there but this was a, a rough year for the salukis but i talk about the managers first you can't have a successful team if you don't have good managers that's right one of the best of all time mike mann was a manager this year a young and mike mann freshman young. this year i think yeah we had a chris zills Okay. And then Marvin Smith. This is a name that is on our, at least on my Mount Rushmore of Seed School basketball legends. And uh, Marvin was a a manager this year. As he should be on anybody's Mount Rushmore that knows anything what they're talking about. That's amazing that, I mean, I I, I didn't realize he was ever a manager, but I, I, I don't know why Marvin never played basketball, but 
he potentially could have been one of the greats in Red Hill history. I don't think there's any doubt about it. That's how good the guy was. Yeah, Marvin, Paul, Brian. I mean, I don't know as much about Paul on the court, but I know Brian's a heck of a player. What are the ages there? Who was older? Do you remember? Brian. Brian was the oldest. Brian was the oldest, and then Marvin, and then then Paul. They were by far. I mean, they were they were play, play playground legends for sure. Captains this year's squad were Greg Smith and Johnny Parrott. Some other notables on this team would be Jeff Scott, Junior Joe Kurtz. You got the Cessna twins. Kelvin and Delvin. Uh, Tony Lytus and uh, Kelvin Zills. Kent Cunningham, Terry Leg, Raymond Price, Jeff Hawkins, Bill Hughes. Here's some names you may hear in the future. Mm-hmm. Guys, we're getting a whole lot of playing time at this point. You got a freshman, Chuck Rousey. You hear about yeah. him a little bit. Oh, yeah. This was a little rough year for the Slukes, though. With uh, the rough season, one and twenty-one on the year, one and thirteen in the conference. So this was a tough year. But they're you know it was pretty young at the time and had some good players coming up. Um, I was looking forward now. If anybody ever saw this, I never could find it. It's the it's the Thanksgiving tournament, but we didn't start until December second this year. And I think somebody else may have had experience with that. I never could find out. In fact, the newspaper said it was delayed a week, and I'm not sure if we ever know why it was delayed. Chip knows. I, I have some information on that because I'll be covering the '79 tournament, which was the same in the same situation. It, it was because the IHSA football playoffs. They were playing their championships Thanksgiving weekend, which they still do today. Right. But I guess it was a. I don't know if that was new in like '78, maybe. But they didn't want basketball season to overlap with uh, football season, so they didn't. Start, so basketball didn't start till the Monday after Thanksgiving. So they weren't allowed to. Right, you couldn't play your first game until Monday. Because I noticed the Schlarman Topper Classic up in Danville was also the same, you know, the same time. So I knew something had to be up statewide. So, but I guess maybe after a couple of years, they decided this just isn't working. There must have been a lot of complaints. Yeah. And because yeah, yeah. as you at these, because as you know, at the Capital Classic, there was times you know if you went deep in the playoffs, you may not have your full. Right. Foot, I mean, yeah, Mount Carmel had that this year. year. Yeah, yeah, Carmel this year is going to not have many practices in before. Right. I think even uh, later on, when I was looking, reading the one about Lawrenceville, Danville was in that boat. That's like you were talking about. Was it Charmin or Danville High School? One of them uh, made the state finals, but they were actually had to, Lawrenceville had to play the, like the fresh soft team. Okay. So that awesome Lawrenceville <laughs> team played a fresh soft team oh, in their wow. first game of the Danville Thanksgiving tournament. Looking up Dan Barnfields on LinkedIn, I found one in Sydney, Australia, one in the United Kingdom. And one in New Zealand. So, Man. I think our barnfield was from Great Britain, I believe. Was he? <laughs> Let's see. No, that's not. See, him. I like. I know we ha- we ha- we had the big names on the show. We've had Matt Shear, Mandy Cunningham, Susan Wright. I'd like to get people like Dan Barnfield on the show. I want to know what they think about Red Hill. So I'm. I'm sure Coach Ray, I'll have to get a hold of Coach Ray. I'm sure he stays in touch with Coach. So that, That'd be an uh, interesting show. <laughs> Former assistant coaches that left Red Hill before. Yes, I, I'd yeah. be very interested to learn about these people. Dave Carlton. Hey, you, you yeah, know what? You, you you get a producer's um, credit on this show. Go to work. Book okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> and if, yeah, so we'll, Barnfield, I'll, I'll work on that. Okay. Other teams in the tournament this year besides Red Hill, you had uh, Granite City South. I'm wondering who got them into the tournament. Maybe the the Holiday Inn was in use this uh, weekend. Maybe so. Granite City South was here. They were a double-A school at the time, so we brought a big school in. And then you had uh, Little Old Oblong, and then you had Edwards County. 
Was that oblong and south that, or oblong north? Well, I'm not sure. I was shocked. Did they go away from I felt like it was Albion for a while, and then they went back to Edwards County, but it was Edwards County in these papers in 78. I don't know if yeah, that was switch. It's one of those things like all like Alney hasn't been called Alney High School for years, but people still call them Alney in sports, and I think there's still it, I think it was Edwards County, but there's still people that refer to it as it's Albion. Albion. Yeah. yeah. And then Red Hill. So the, the term actually started on Friday, December 1st of 1978. Game one of the Friday session pitted Granite City South against Edwards County, and it was a blowout. Granite City tops the pan, or I'm sorry, Edwards County, uh, 82 to 38 in game number one. And Red Hill gets game number two, playing Oblong. Rough one for the Slukes to start. We lost 69 to 51 to Oblong. Johnny Parrott scores 12. I'm sorry, 14. And Jeff Scott scores 12 for the Salukis to pace them in a opening season loss to the Panthers. Of course, this is a round robin tournament, which it's going to be throughout. So, with Saturday's uh, session is game number one. It's Red Hill versus um, Red Hill versus Edwards County in that one. Edwards County ha- hammers us 82 to 57. Ooh. Johnny Parrott was 16. Joe Latch with 15, and Delvin Cessna scores 10 for the Salukis. So. Johnny Parrott having a good tournament so yeah. far, though, and a couple couple losses. Now, Brino, do you have any remembrance of attending any of these early season games? You know, games? I, I do. I, I cover a game, um, or maybe it's one of the games Chip covered that I just read about, but I remember it, and the my main memory of the, the post-Thanksgiving tourney is, is a couple of things. One, it was just your first game of walking into the gym as a little kid, which was just awesome, and the band, and, and there was a crowd, and it was just just a cool moment, that feeling. But I also loved, as a little kid, going to that Saturday afternoon game when the sun was still shining, and oh, yeah. and it was a you know real empty and you could hear cuz you know sitting right above the bench where we did you could hear every single thing coach ray was was telling those guys and so height and i leaning over the railing and and that's my main memory but um a couple of the games that we'll talk about i i do actually remember but i don't know if i do in this one you see i was I was three, so Chip and Chip and Dave, we probably don't. You guys, yeah, I don't. don't this remember was much. my first year. I remember watching Red Hill basketball, seventy eight, seventy nine. This would be my kindergarten year, but I, I don't remember anything about this term. I don't know if I was even there, but so um, I would have. I, I would have just turned ten um, at this tournament. So again, like I said, it was a rough one for the Salukis. We move on to the Saturday night session. You got the Oblong Edwards County matchup, and Edwards County takes a fifty five forty seven. Um, Victory over that, and then the the, the finals that night. Uh, Red Hill gets Granite City South and played much better, I think. Uh, Granite City does score eighty seven, wins eighty seven to sixty four. But Johnny Parrott with another great game, seventeen points with Joe Latch having fourteen. And in fact, the top scorer of the whole tournament was jo- our own Johnny Parrott, scored forty seven in the in the tournament. Oh well. Since, since you're talking about Johnny Parrott, I, I've got to put this is a story I've told people for years, but it's one of the most inspirational speeches I've ever heard. And Johnny Parrott's involved in this story. So let's go. We're at, uh, I know I'm in the I know I'm in the fifth and sixth grade gym when this speech takes place. And it's by Coach Mike Ray, who we've mentioned tonight. And I don't know if it was a junior pro practice or if he was helping us out at fifth and sixth practice. Coach Bowser was our coach, but I know exactly where I was standing in that gym. Um and I don't know if we had it. We were sluggish or we weren't playing well at practice that day or something, but coach Ray gave us this inspirational speech. He looked at that American flag, which hung right over the entrance when you went into the locker room. And he said to us, 
Johnny Parrot had a heart as big as that American flag talking about playing with heart and passion and I can and obviously all that hard work is paying off in the post Thanksgiving tournament Thanks, averaging man. about night eight what 18 19 a game you said yeah four game yeah he yeah he had a, yeah all good games on the and double digits for sure and a couple of those games we didn't score very many so that's my one Johnny Parrot story. And I thought this would be my one chance to share it on the, <laughs> if I haven't shared it, I may have shared it on another episode. And it made I an did. impact on you. Remember all these years later. Yes. <laughs> like I said, Johnny Parrot led all scores in the tournament. Joe Latz had 35 in the tournament. Jeff Scott, 22. Greg Smith, 16. Joe Kurtz scored 16 in the tournament. Junior Joe Kurtz. Delvin Cessna was 16. And then Chuck Rousey, freshman at the time. Scored eight points in his uh, freshman. He played a pretty good right. game against wow. uh, Granite City. So the first some more things to come many. in the future. Yeah, yeah but I say his his uh, eight points in that game. So that was a nice one. But overall, Granite City wins the whole tournament. Of course, they go undefeated. Double A school comes in to play these small schools. Like I said, I'm not sure how we how Granite City South got here. That's out by St. Louis, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So they made the long trip over and uh, hammered all the small schools and took home the championship in 19. 78 a couple more of the songs i want to get to number 16 this week billy joel still making great music today my life got a call from an open wish to be real close said he couldn't go on the american way close the shots on the house bought a ticket to the west course the theme song to the television show Bosom buddies Bosom buddies that's correct i was about to say that but yeah that didn't seem right but um and i also just messing around um today when i should have been doing something else um i i read something about this song that i did not know do you know the part where it goes um keep it to yourself it's my life you know who sang uh-huh. that no Chicago's very own Donnie Dacus and Peter Cetera. Oh, really? Really? (laughs) I'll have to go back and listen to that. Now that I know, I guess we can just do it. Yeah, just play it right now. (laughs) I don't know if it was part of that clip or not. Uh, I'll get to it later. Okay. (laughs) I was going to mention cheerleaders for this this season were uh, Norma Smith, Rory Latch, Terry Laughlin, Anita Shoulders, and Wendy Hill. In the newspaper article for this, there wasn't any quotes from uh, Coach Ray, but he said that season we only won one ball game, and that club didn't have a player over five foot ten. So that's not that's tough to win if uh, you have no one over five. Yeah, foot that's 10. part of the speech he gave us. Johnny Parrott was you know played like he was six two because he had the heart the size of the American flag. That's that it all comes together now. Yes, <laughs> I think to end uh, the seventy eight Thanksgiving tournament. I think we'll do a little segue with the song. This one's still played in many arenas and stadiums. Yes, it is. All over the world, today even. It was number 17 this week in 1978. It's the Village People with Wine
wedding reception? Yes. Days too? Cubs baseball games? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Every day. <laughs> Unless it's a complete game by the opposing team's pitcher. What, uh, we should have a contest and count how many times we hear YMCA in 2022. Okay. Write that down. <laughs> I remember that one. So let's segue. Let's go to the 79 Thanksgiving tournament. Well, hey, before we do that, let's take a small break here and hear about one of our sponsors. And of course, in all those locations, People's State. <laughs> Bank. Let's face it, banking with a personal touch is what we all want. In the mega banking era of the 21st century, it is the mission of People State Bank to provide growth and stability to all the communities that they serve. And with four local locations in Lawrenceville, Sumner, St. Francisville, and Bridgeport, People State Bank does just that. It is a truly it is a true locally owned community bank where earnings are redirected back into Lawrence County. Our fellow Saluki, Stacy Moore, and this team consider it a privilege to have served in the community banking for more than 140 years, and they pledge the same quality of service for many years to come. A true supporter of Red Hill Saluki activities, People State Bank is here with a personal touch for, for all your financial needs. All right. Thank you, Mr. King. Now let's Thank go you. ahead to 1979 and Mr. Chip Jamerson. All right, so I have 79, and as I said, this will, just like with Gary, this would be another December post-Thanksgiving tournament, and I guess we'll find out on Brino's if they went back to November the following year. Yes, you will. But So, yeah, so one thing that I'm thinking when I, I – I, I mean, I was really perplexed by this as I was reading this. Then Gary said they did the same thing, and I was – like I really couldn't understand what was going on here, so – I felt like the post-Thanksgiving tournament, I guess the IHSA were playing head games with me. And that song was actually on the charts this week. It's rising up the charts. So um, I'm sure guys like uh, Kevin Hessler and Brad Ulrich were listening to this song to get fired up for the game. Head games by Foreigner. foreigner on a run here already on the podcast you know I, I looked up i just uh, on apple music looked up just typed in foreigner and listen to this list of songs these guys had hot-blooded cold as ice i want to know what love is waiting for a girl like you double vision feels like the first time jukebox hero urgent dirty white boy and head games yeah that's, that's just their first 10 you there's a lot more after that that's it that's a pretty good it's run right there. Catalog, yeah. yeah. And that unmistakable voice of Lou Graham. Yep. Love yeah. his voice. And he had what two different stints with him. He left for a while and then yep. and then came had back. Had some good solo songs, oh, Midnight yeah. Blue, and then came back. What was the like the uh, year range of the songs you just mentioned? Was um, like Double Vision their first like was that the big first big hit or were they going on before that? Well, and let's see. Yeah, so I, I think I think that was their first hit. Those those were right around their first hits. And then what I want to know what love is was what 84 84 it came yeah. out yeah. So yeah. Pretty good yeah, run. That, yeah. 
So well, it's job. Thanksgiving tournament time, like I said, in December. So this year, um, our teams changed just a little bit. Granite City South is out. I'd like to go to Granite City High School and see if that trophy is still there. Because <laughs> oh. I mean, proudly. Yes. Do we have any uh, listeners in the St. Louis? <laughs> uh, I guess Smith, Big Smitty could go over there and, and look at it. Um, so we've got Oblongs back, Edwards County's back, and we have replaced Granite City with Palestine. This year. Good move. <laughs> that was smart move. <laughs> So these teams in this tournament, it's kind of a, uh, and I think the, this for some of these, well, Edwards County all blanks is like they're always, I don't know how long Palestine stays, but kind of a preview. I know even back then, as we've talked about, there were some that were wanting to get out of the NEC way back then and start joining oh, yeah. schools like this in the little Illini. So this is kind of your chance. This is kind of the competition that many were wanting to play at that time. You know, I was um, going to say too, that I didn't even, I didn't real, doing a lot of this research for these, a lot of these we've done. I thought this was just a thing that started in the late late 90s again that but this yeah. talk had been going on for a long time with school board meetings and things like that and yeah. just there's a lot of people that I think the one I read one of these years is that you know, the school board just said yeah we're not we're not looking at moving we're not going to move yet yeah. so which it, I'm happy but yeah it I mean I just think it prepared I I believe in that that it prepares you better for the postseason um and we had some great postseason success, as you can hear on some other episodes. And it's going to be a little ways down the another yeah. 10 or 11 years from now, but the success is coming. Um, so we're going with the same schedule. The Friday, we're going to play two games Friday night, two games Saturday afternoon, and uh, two games Saturday night. Um, I like the late starts. People started things later back then. You'd play the first game at 7, the second game at 8.30. I, I know down there they still start games at like 6, but up here – JV games start at 5.30 now. Oh, really? Um, so you're oh, home well, by even, a little after 8. Even 6, though. Like, we went down to Orleans, Indiana last week for a 6 o'clock JV game that my daughter's on. I mean, it's an hour drive. I mean, that's not easy for some people to get to, even at 6. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the 5.30 thing caught me off guard when I moved a little up further north. and uh, But I, I like it. I like it now, but yeah, I like these. So you were there, you were at the gym till after 10 o'clock on these nights. So, um, so let's kind of go through uh, the priest that I talked about this team more on the 7980 school year show that we did. So I've kind of gone through some of these things before this exact article, the preseason article, um, some things that stand out. We had 52 kids go out for the team this year. Um, wow. Yeah. Even Coach Felling in their Lawrenceville preseason article was talking about, you know, Red Hill's going to be a team to watch. I got 50 some kids playing over there. So, uh, I mean, that's going to be a team to be reckoned with in the, in the conference this year. Um, Can only play five. <laughs> Ray, Coach Ray said uh, he had honestly scared him um, how many players we had out. We didn't have sufficient uniforms. Our coaching staff, which was made up of two people, Coach Ray and Coach Richard Dixon, as we talked about in the Richard Dixon episode, uh, they weren't ready for this many kids. And then you got to try to evaluate, give a fair evaluation to every kid in these preseason practices. Uh, I want to give every kid a fair chance to make the team, but they're going to have to cut. They just can't keep 52 in practice each night. But this counts uh, freshmen and everybody, right? This is everybody, okay. freshmen all, all the right. way through. And in those eight years at Red Hill, the hardest thing Coach Ray ever had to do was to cut potential players. So, And, and I wonder, we need to go back and look how many went out for football, a sport yeah, oh, that I'm you sure can play 11. More, <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee they didn't have 52 football yeah. players. Yeah. So, 
Um, but I think the coach, Ray, I mean, he's kind of getting the excitement going. And it's great to see that much interest. So the success is coming soon, I'm sure. I guarantee you, um, I was excited heading into the 79 season. <laughs> he, um, as Gary, as Gary said, as we were one in, one in 22 last year, and Coach Ray was smiling and said, "We can only get better." And yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, "We got some skilled people back, plus three boys who have good experience who didn't play for us last year." There was a lot of tears when this. You, you noticed this name was not on in Gary's report. The post presence. He was talking about nobody over five ten. Well, there, there was because there was a six foot four kid not playing on that seventy eight um, team, and there, I'm sure there were tears went probably from Coach Ray when he decided not say. to go out. But now, in the number one song that week was "No More Tears," "Enough Is Enough." by Barbara Streisand and Donna Summers. There's no more tears in Bridgeport because Terry McAdow is back out for the team. Yes. <laughs> Barbara with a little disco beat. <laughs> Sing it, Babs. was perfect number one song <laughs> enough is enough terry get never get heard this song here. before oh. be honest with you. and just a spoiler alert i'm gonna play a song later that you've never heard of and it was number i think two in the nation and it, it was horrible i i don't i'm sure i've heard the song just being a number one song just kind of you know as a six-year-old i'm sure it was on and i heard it but like uh, remembering hearing it, I do not remember that song at all. Spent two weeks at the top of the charts. I mean, Barbara Streisand and Donna Summer, a pretty powerful duo there. Um, but yeah, enough is enough. He's back. So that's a big, you know, uh, a big addition to the team. Of course, we got uh, Joe Kurtz back. Uh, uh, Chuck Rousey's back. So we we return some talent. Uh, Delvin. I don't think Kelvin played this year, but Delvin Sessna is back. And then, of course, Bill Hughes is a rising junior. Doug Shank coming off a football injury. So Coach Ray's optimistic about this team. And um, he didn't want to, you know, he said he kind of went overboard last year with his preseason predictions for the team, prognostications yeah. for the team. But so. Oh, he got he excited. Said, he says, look where it got me. It got me a 1-22 in record. So he's kind of holding back on uh, what he expects Smart. from this team. But, he um, may have he may have made those predictions when he thought Big Terry was playing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so let's go to game one of the tournament. We open up with Oblong and we um, take a sixty to fifty two loss that night. So let me go through some numbers here. Get to that page. Ob quick. Oblong continues her dominance over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, as David makes the point often that we kind of overestimate our uh, our dominance over them boys which, i'm gonna uh, tell you i had lunch with david king this week and that was a topic of, of conversation <laughs> of oblong's dominance over red hill so yeah in this game uh, the cravens kid for oblong went nuts with 28 points just hitting from everywhere it sounded like but pre pre three-point line is that um, is that kelly cravens is that right um, it's T, T. Cravens. Okay, so, so it's I'm not Kelly. Tom. It's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Kelly Cravens? Um, there's a couple quotes um, on on that game. Uh, let's see here. Um, the boys demonstrated they could battle under the boards, and Chuck Rousey did a fine job. Terry was a bit rusty in that first game due to sitting out. 
but by the but he improved throughout the tournament. So that's just kind of an overall uh, quote from the tournament there. And then, um, so in game, let me, let me go through some scoring for Red Hill there. We're talking about all about Cravens. Let's get some Red Hill scoring. <laughs> Enough. This um, isn't the Tom Cravens show. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, so in game one, uh, Kurtz had five. Delvin Cessna two. Uh, McAdow, 15, 7 of 23 from the field. So they're getting him some shots, getting the ball. Uh, he's hitting the boards. Rousey with 10. Uh, Bill Hughes with 12. Six gun. And then Barry Hughes back. He was out for academic ineligibility last year. Barry Hughes is back and puts in six. Hmm. So he, that's another new face that they expected to have last year. They didn't was Barry Hughes. Another seed school guy. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of recollection of him on playing, but that's good information. So our next game was against the Palestine Pioneers, and we got our first win of the year, first win in this tournament yes. in a while. All right, way to go, guys. So uh, leading us that night, Kurtz went for 18, McAdow 10, Delvin had eight. Um, let's see. Uh, Chuck Rousey, six, Bill Hughes, six, Shank, three, Barry Hughes, four. Uh, Jeff Hawkins played but did not score in that game and then so we're one and one and we end up in game three we face edwards county i gotta think we win this game edwards county the favorite in the tournament yep and they come in two and oh in this game this is going to be an upset i feel it and red hill does camp come out on top with a 59 to 58 win over the lions uh, that left it with three teams at two and one it's the first time in a while that we've had a three-way tie in the tournament. Um, first time in the eight years of the tournament, we've never had three a three-way tie at 2-1. It's based on total points, and Oblong had the most points in the tournament. So Cravens. Edwards County went from, you know, thinking they're going to win this tournament on Saturday night to Oblong not even playing in the championship. I guess it's not a championship game, but not playing in the final game of the night ends up winning the first place trophy. So I'm sure they came down their civilian clothes and if they were even still there, hopefully they stuck around to get their trophy. And so three-way tie. So Red Hills two and one Edwards County from the proverbial penthouse to the outhouse. Yes. Um, let's see if there's any other Mike Ray quotes I can go through with you here. Um, the coaches quotes are already are always fun. Back to the, the Palestine game. Um, didn't feel like we controlled the boards um palestine was playing with more intensity than we were that was a game we won though i don't have a lot of quotes from the edwards county game and let's just get something see if we have anything else here uh ray continues to talk about the boards uh delvin cessna is maturing he did a fine job handling the ball and of course you're getting what you expect from joe kurtz aside from the 18 points you're getting leadership and that's what he's providing to yeah we're two and one to start the season we've already surpassed last year's win total um see if there's anything else if, well as brian always likes to say if you didn't want to go to the post thanksgiving tournament you want to catch a movie over at the plaza you could go see skate town usa that's on at 7 15 and 9 15 that's indiana time oh, yeah, okay. so keep those straight when you're going to the movies what absolutely yeah, you don't want to miss half the movie <laughs> and then um starting over um was also playing at seven and nine those two were playing at the plaza i believe at this time the 
show place or the new moon or whatever it was called was still doing the triple uh, X variety. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite parts of doing this podcast was finding this information. Out. Yeah, because I started researching this a couple weeks ago and I saw that I didn't write it down. I went back was doing more research the past couple of days and I forgot. I just thought of that now, but I'm pretty sure I saw that during my research. Um, the only I have one more song. It's um, one thing Red Hill doesn't have to do by hosting this post-Thanksgiving tournament right there at Red Hill each year. You don't have to travel. No, it's no. right there. You get three games in your home court. No, it's a short drive. Um, so you're not taking the long way home as Super Tramp sang about in 1979. I love your new tie-ins. <laughs> song all right and i believe that concludes the 1979 post thanksgiving tournament maybe the last one played in december we'll find out here in just a little bit yes we will and before we get to my report on 1980 let's take a visit from our sponsor the andrews insurance agency do you want to simplify your insurance needs do you want one agency to handle all of your coverage so you and your family can sleep knowing they are protected? Then see the team at the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear, your independent agents that work hard to make sure you have the coverage that's right for you. They have been part of the backbone of our community for years and have always been huge supporters of the Red Hill activities. So give T-Bone or Juice a call at 945-2881 and let the Andrews Insurance Agency handle your farm, commercial, or personal insurance needs. And to hear about another Thanksgiving tournament, the Capital Classic, if you haven't uh, listened to our podcast from uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Andrews Insurance Agency's very own Terrence T-Bone Andrews was on and discussed the origins of uh, of the Capital Classic. That was a lot of fun. So I, will, I love that. I will take over from here, 1980. And uh, Dave, do you have any recollections at all? Of, did you did you ever attend the the post Thanksgiving tournament? First uh, first game I ever attended was actually the girls girls team that went. No, I got you. Like yeah. in the early eighties, that went to the super sectional. Speaking of um, uh, speaking of shows in the archives, I think we can yeah. hear David <laughs> King recount that. But uh, no, I I didn't start going to boys games in my memory until eighty two, eighty three, probably. Okay. Well, as I get started in 1980, I opened up the Daily Record just seeing if there was any pre-tournament um, stories and a massive headline, um, I believe it was on page two, really big letters, especially for page two, was, was uh, it said, charged with attack. Okay. Criminal charges have been filed against two men alleging they attacked Sumner Mayor Dennis Bowser. What? Charles Schick, 501 Cherry Street, Sumner, is charged with felony counts of aggravated battery and criminal damage to property. Denver Stevens, 401 Fremont Street, Sumner, is charged with a felony count of aggravated battery. They are charged with striking Bowser in the face with their fists last Saturday at 3.30 p.m. on Illinois 250, one mile west of Bridgeport. 
Schick also allegedly did less than $150 damage to a 1977 pickup owned by Bowser. Schick and Stevens on Tuesday each posted $1,000 on a $10,000 bond. A court appearance is set for December 9th. Schick last week was defeated in a special election held in Sumner. Mm. He was seeking the post of Ward 3 Alderman. Schick's sister, Mrs. Brenda Stevens, was defeated as a candidate for the Ward 2 Alderman spot. Dang, that's big stuff there. So I'm guessing they feel like that was a tie-in of some sort, possibly. Like it. But anyway, I couldn't couldn't report on this tournament without that. Uh, Over at the Plaza Cinema, You've got, uh, it made $67 million in worldwide gross, and that was one that I attended at the Plaza Cinema sometime during this run. It was Coal Miner's Daughter, the story about Loretta Lynn. And in the other movie, it was The Private Eyes, which I wasn't familiar with. I looked it up. It's Tim Conway and Don Knotts, two Scotland Yard detectives. (laughs) That was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) That are called to London to... uh, Look into some kind of caper. Did eighteen million? High, I bet there were some high jinks and some slapstick comedy in that one. <laughs> Did eighteen million? And I guess it really wasn't. But my first thought was nineteen eighty seems like late for Tim Conway and Don Knotts to be the two stars of a major <laughs> motion picture, but uh, but not to be. Number one song in the whole wide world as you're driving to the gymnasium in bridgeport was this up tempo number by kenny rogers i'm your knight in shining armor chip jamerson shaking his head in, in approval yeah this week's um on sirius xm this week they're doing the 1980 countdown this was number one when i listened yesterday so we're right on where we need to be we're at our, our reporting is accurate yeah i could probably tell you another couple songs you're going to use here well, maybe. if you if you say the number three song i would be shocked the number three song it's um is it a barbara streisand song well uh um, <laughs> must be <laughs> no it's not but uh-huh. why is that doing that she had uh, a song up there oh you're right man it's number two <laughs> okay <laughs> she's singing just about being a woman in love and this was written by the brothers Gibb, and you can you can hear you that can hear yeah. that BG sound there. Is that them singing back up there? Let it sounded hear. like it. Let's play that again. Here we go. Oh yeah, no question, <laughs> no, okay, no question. Yeah. You know, that's it. Now, it's a number, little muffled on my end. That's why yeah, yeah. the number three song in the country was I. Wow, I, I mean, I've heard of songs with this title, "The Wanderer," but oh yeah, from another person we've heard from. Today. Yeah, 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 the Donna Summer, and this is <laughs> folks. I didn't listen to all this song. This is horrible. How this got to be number three in the country, <laughs> I don't know. But here we go. The Wonder of Donna Summer for your listening pleasure. WRHS. That sounds like bad karaoke in a tunnel. Is what that's trying like. to transition out of the disco era with this album. Okay. I think uh, they mentioned on the. Um, countdown this weekend um well, good job but yeah okay other some better songs later other on. big news <laughs> that i could not uh keep from reporting on before i get to the basketball 
Um, 88 deer were reported taken in Lawrence County on uh, on the previous few days of deer season. Uh, Charles L. Jamerson oh, got a senior senior, <laughs> <laughs> not uh, not little six year old Chip. Oh no, how old you been at eighty? Uh, seven. Seven. That was close. Uh, Charles got a male. Um and 167 pound male. I don't that's a decent size. Yeah, that's a good sized dog. Uh, and <laughs> now I did think it was interesting. A blast from the past. A name I haven't heard forever. Um, right underneath Charles L. Jamerson was Les Moore Jr. Your dad's okay, my good dad's buddy. best friend. Yeah, yep. and uh, he got a female that weighed in at 106 pounds. Okay, jeez, bragging rights there. Well. <laughs> On the other end of bragging rights, the smallest deer reported in the three-day hunt was a sixty <laughs> was a sixty-pound female. What? Taken taken out of nature by your future basketball coach and sheriff, Russell L. Adams. <laughs> Russell, <laughs> taken out of nature like immediately like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think That's Russell like picked that deer up dog. and just carried it out of the woods <laughs> Russell come on he would, got excited probably he was young back then well he was ready to go to see the basketball games he took the first one he saw he was probably about 22 or so maybe <laughs> anyway, uh, as we get ready to head to basketball, um, the uh, Saturday's Red Hill is going to open up with Palestine at 1 o'clock, and they'll have Edwards County and Oblongs. So those are the other teams in the tournament. Uh, Mike Ray looking on big things for the season. Uh, he says that they've got to take care of the basketball, and, and as Coach Ray always was, he was very big on, on uh, rebounding, so he made sure we to talk about how he had to hit the boards. My favorite one of my favorite Mike Ray things is when he did the games with Kent Langford on Waco when he would give the stats and he'd report the rebounds, he'd say, 12 caroons. <laughs> Brian, that's funny you say that. I, it, for those of you that don't know this, and Brian hasn't talked about this in the podcast, he is actually the voice, the play, the, the color color analyst on um, Bar Reeve Girls Basketball. So I was driving the other night and listened to almost his entire game. He did a great job. Oh, thank you. And I, and as I was listening, I know I knew Brian liked that. I was like, come on, Brian, just call it a Karoom one of these times. <laughs> I, oh, I will now. Uh, now that I, that this triggered in my head. Um, but, uh, but coach Ray looking, looking for good things. Um, and he does uh, welcoming to the team. Um, and he's going to start. Uh, a new guy on the block is Keith Frohawk. And uh, if Keith isn't going to start, he's going to be a sixth man. But right now they're, they're set with him starting, and Troy Reinhardt's going to be the sixth man. And, and we'll talk about some of the other players as we move along. But visitors to the tournament this year will find a parking lot, a new parking lot this year at Red Hill. Two new parking lots have been opened back of the high school and north of the football field. I think we all know where that's at. I think we're very familiar with that location. <laughs> These coupled with on-street parking around the school should give fans ample parking for attending the games. Lack of parking plagued the school's athletic program for the past few years. Admission prices to the tournament are a chairback reserved seat in 1980. What would that be worth to you, young David King? Uh, I'm going to say $1. Will this cover all three games, or is this per per, per session? Per, yeah, I'm I'm going per game. Per session, 
So First that gives session. you two games. So Dave's saying a buck a session. Yes. 50 cents a game. I think it's got to be. This is a chair back reserve. Chair back reserve. $5 per session. Two bucks per session. I was, I was, I'll say three. I was was thinking two, but I'll go with three. Two dollars per session. Now, if you want to sit in the bleachers and wreck your back, it's going to cost you a buck fifty. So, fifty cents. The extra fifty cents. Yeah. If the, I wish I could go back and see the gym. If those chair backs aren't full, there's something really wrong. Um, and it's a dollar for uh, for students. And yeah, because it seems like maybe at the po- – because we always had the chair backs there behind the bench, and it seems like maybe at the post-Thanksgiving tournament, kind of like the postseason, um, we we weren't guaranteed those seats. I think if we went and bought them, we could get them. But, like, if somebody went in and, you know, swiped our chair backs for those two sessions, they could have them for us. Um, but – Yeah. So I don't – I don't remember reserve, if we had them or not. I would, I would assume reserved chair seat holders got first dibs, though, didn't they? I would yeah, you yeah. would think, but if you yeah. were slow on it, I mean, I, you, are, you, you can't just assume, okay, I'm a season ticket holder, I'm going to get this seat. I mean, right. But could my, like, let's say my grandma went in there and bought your seats if she got there ahead of you if she wanted? If I, she you, wanted to, yeah. No, I think you had first right of <laughs> refusal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't think it was just the Wild West for these tickets. <laughs> But listen, at two bucks a session, I would have just bought them all. (laughs) Uh, On Friday night uh, in the Edwards County game, the Slukies led until the final minutes when the Lions staged an offensive attack to run ahead of the Slukies and win by a single point, 77-76. Coach Ray said the loss was due to his team's inexperience under pressure situations. Um, So good game there. And on that Friday night game in Edwards County, Chuck Rousey, Led the team um, with uh, 20 points. He went eight for eight for the free throw line. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later. Uh, Berkeley Carey also had 20. Or I'm sorry, I the writing was the, in the Daily Records kind of sloppy. Let me start over. Berkeley Carey led the Salukis with 28 points. He had 10 wow. field goals and eight of 10 free throw shooting. Then followed by Chuck with eight of eight and uh, and six field goals for 20 points. Uh, Billy Hughes, six gun, had 13. Steve Powerhouse Potts had eight. And Keith Frohawk uh, threw in seven in his opener. So, really, really good basketball game. Saturday afternoon, they went and played Palestine. And uh, Slukey's got this one uh, kind of a route, 79 54. Um, again, we've got a couple of guys in double figures, but a couple different guys this time. Uh, Billy, six gun, Hughes has 20. Chuck Rousey, 11 field goals, 6 of 6 from the line. Remember that stat. Uh, he had 28 points. And then I had a host of Salukis just underneath 10. Uh, Berkeley went from that 28-point performance down to 8. So I got to think that Palestine was really keying on him. And, uh, and that allowed 6-gun over there in the corner to get hot. Um, on Saturday night, the Oblong Panthers. David King, you would be happy to know that they win the <laughs> post-Thanksgiving tournament. Well, I'm and not happy about it. I'm just, <laughs> just pointing out reality. Well, you're happy, to, you're, happy to, you're happy to be right. <laughs> but what happened, Red Hill, the, the lead went back and forth all night long, and uh, they had a substitute uh, named Holiday. Matt Holiday came off the bench, made two free throws late to win it. Um Palestine's Greg Newland set the tournament record for the two-day event. He logged the most points, the most points in a single game. 
um, and had the 32 points and then had the most rebounds or carooms in the tournament, falling <laughs> down 49. Red Hill's Chuck Rousey also went in the record books by making 17 consecutive free throws. Wow. So, yeah, really good one. And, uh, and so Oblong is your champions in that game. Um, big, big night for Chuck Rousey. 11 field goals, 9 of 12, finally missed a free throw, 9 of 12 from the free throw line and for a total of 31 big points. Billy Six-Gun Hughes threw in 18. Berkeley Carey comes back with a nice effort of 14. Keith Frohawk, 13, so his first game in double figures. And uh, Potts and Reinhardt, oh, I'm sorry, Doug Shank had two. Potts and Reinhardt played but did not score. Chuck is one. I mean, it, it, you go, I know a lot. We had so many greats through the ni- late 80s and 90s, but from this like 73 to 80, 88 range, Chuck's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, he really what, is. What and I can say, I need to I need to find him over in Washington and get him on here to, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, that'd be great. Talk about his, uh, his exploits because he really filled it up and uh, obviously a good free throw shooter. Chuck's just a pure shooter. And I mean, he was yeah. very athletic. Don't get me wrong, but he had real strong legs and and could run. But he was he was just a pure shooter. So hey, um, before we go on to uh, <laughs> Gary's coverage of 1981, let's talk about a place that you can go get a pizza in Bridgeport with Chip Jamerson. All right. So when you're talking 80s and 90s Red Hill sports and 70s as as we're talking some tonight, there's few established more old school than the Pizza House. So Griffin's Pizza House, Tyler Griffin's the current owner. And the location now is there on Judy Avenue in the old Lou's building. That's right, right there across, across from the dog right, pound, right? You guys okay, right yeah. across from the dog pound. Gotcha. So you can't miss it as you're coming. And when you're at the Capitol Classic this weekend between sessions, uh, go across the street and pay Tyler and the crew a uh, visit and uh, order some meal between games or post game. And remember, this is November still, so that barbecue yep. cheeseburger pizza is still the pizza of the month. Um, let's see, they, they are serving ice cream uh, year round, that hand dipped ice cream. So don't forget about that. I always the do. The hours are about four that. to nine, Tuesday through Sunday, closed on Monday, except unless they often have fundraisers going on and so forth. And if you want to order carryout or delivery, it's 618-945-FOOD, 618-945-3663. Like their Facebook page to stay up to date on their specials, pizzas of the month, and their philanthropy efforts. Griffin's Pizza House, Judy Avenue in Bridgeport. All right, let's head to 1981. Something from uh, Brian that was previous season that I noticed. We had a little change in the coaching staff. Oh, good call. Pre- previous year was uh, joining Coach Mike Ray. Was a uh, John Gray joined the staff, which I don't ever remember. I do you know, remember I, Mr. You know, Gray's as a fifth grade teacher. I do I remember, remember that. Basketball. I do, I, and I I don't know if it was more than one year. Oh yes, it was. Oh, was okay. Well, yes. Well, I'm wrong. So joining it, so in the, the '80s staff was Ray John Gray. Then we got Barnfield back in '80. Okay. He was also on the staff, and then '81. Okay, so he was there in the '70s. Came back. And, okay, the elusive. This is where I start Barnfield. getting to know Barnfield a little bit is during this time. That's so probably he why. I taught. Know. He student taught my first that first year I reported on. 
He must okay. have obviously graduated, and he's come back now. Okay. And then joining the staff this year, none other than Doug Hardacre joins the staff this year okay. for Red Hill. Wow. Yeah, I, so we have a I don't Ray remember Ray that at all. Barfield and Hardacre. <laughs> wow. Hey, he was in the picture with the team in the, in, in the dog tails, so you can go see dog tails to check huh, me out interesting. there. Interesting. The tournament is back November 27th to 28th, 1981, joining the field this year. Same cast of characters, Red Hill, Edwards County, Palestine, and Oblong. Again, that was a pretty pretty smart choice. I want to start with my song, number one, number one song in all the nation. I don't know, Chip, maybe you can tell me. This song was number one for a long time. Little Olivia, Olivia Newton John, let's get physical. Yeah. I think 10 weeks, number yeah. one. Let's get physical. My favorite line in this song coming up. You know Coach Ray wanted the boys to play physical. Exactly. I think it's coming up. Maybe I didn't get it. He wanted to let their bodies talk. (laughs) Well, my favorite line, because I've never heard it used like this in any other (laughs) thing, is what he didn't want them to do, and let's get horizontal. Yes. (laughs) Well, to die for loose balls. That's true. Now, I'm trying to think. Obviously, this was 1981. I had a, a T-shirt, a three-quarter length T-shirt. <clears throat> it was an Indiana Hoosier shirt. It said, Indiana, let's get physical on it. Now that, I wouldn't have gotten that shirt to probably like 84, I wouldn't think. Didn't it have like it was, kind of a mesh or a crisscross pattern on it, like behind the writing or something? I, mean, I think I that remember. was a different one of my Hoosier shirts okay. back in the day. That's the one I wore to the assembly hall the day Mike Ray took us yeah, to the— we could do a whole podcast on that day. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the most dangerous trips in the history of yeah, transportation. But so fun. Again, we you're a producer. We were in the back of a pickup truck and a camper, about 12 of us. <laughs> to, Bloomington, to Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got out of school early that day got, to go, didn't we? We got the whole day off school. Okay. Because yeah. we went down, we left like at 7 30, 8 o'clock in the morning. I bet you drove. We had to get back quick because Mike had to do the um, Lawrenceville football oh, game that night. So we fine. had to rush back. I bet you drove right by my house that I live in now. Okay. I know we were in sure. places I had never been before. I bet you went across 50, then up 231, I would almost bet. Back to the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I there's a lot of stories on that. We'll do we will we'll at least touch on it in a segment on a future podcast. We should do a show, a podcast about things that aren't big enough to be their own show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So coming back this year for the Salukis, uh, I think prospects were pretty good for this year. We had seniors uh, Greg Laughlin, Steve Potts, Mike Vandermark. We also had seniors Chuck Rousey. Chuck's a Dave senior Clark. already. I know it's it's terrible. What was Berkeley would have been? No, Berkeley wasn't a senior yet, right? He yeah, Berkeley's Ber- a senior. senior. Yeah, he's a senior here. Then you had a junior Troy Reinhardt. You had sophomore Doug Grismer was a big part of the team too. So leading off to session one, you had Oblong playing Palestine. Oblong takes the victory over Palestine 62 to 45. And then it's a Red Hills debut in game number two. We're playing the Edwards County running Lions. And boy, oh boy, did we play that game. Chuck Rousey pours in 27 in the 73-71 victory over Edwards County. So two up some real points. Two, obviously, probably the two best teams in this tournament to lead off each other, but Berkeley just goes bonkers with a 27 
Sophomore Doug Grismer with 14. Reinhardt with 10. Clark with 12. Berkeley with 10. So that's, uh, yeah, we played all five the whole game. We didn't even sub that game, it doesn't appear. No one else got in the box score at least. Wow. So, or didn't uh, solid game, a really exciting game. 73 71 victory. So, great start to the season for Coach Ray Salukis. So, of course, we're going to go to the night session. We're playing Palestine, and Palestine wasn't very good this year. We just dismantled them 80 to 80 to 48. Ooh. Red Hill makes 22 of 27 free throws. Led by Berkeley, carries 23 points. Chuck scores 13, and a whole slew of guys scored just a few more. Look at the whole roster got to play in this game. It looks like you know when around. when you um, when you just said Doug Grismer, it, it just made me think of something that I, I kind of remember bringing back feelings. When I saw like Doug playing varsity basketball, it's when it started to sink in that like. I'm kind of getting close here because I was in Little League the same time he was, and, you yeah. know. And now you see, you see him out there playing, uh, playing varsity sports. So, uh, interesting. So exciting that Red Hills now two and zero to start the season. Everyone's pretty excited about that. So we're going to go into the night session now. We have Edwards County playing all along, and uh, Edwards County comes on top, fifty to forty-seven, which sets up the eight thirty game. Red Hill playing Oblong. Oblong sitting at one and one. Red Hill is now two and zero. Oh. Dave, not again, right? I'm, ner I'm nervous. <laughs> I think this team could pull it out though. And they do. Red yes. Hill takes All the championship. Right. <laughs> first since 1976. It was a pretty was a tight game though. Red Hill, Red Hill with a uh, 56 to 49 was the final score. Four guys in double figures. We had wow. uh, Chuck with 17. Dave Clark with 12, and Dave also poured in uh, or pulled down nine, what'd you call them, caroons? Caroons. Yeah. Everybody else in the whole world I've ever heard <laughs> say it says it caroms, but Mike Ray said caroons. <laughs> Doug Grismer with 10, Berkeley with 10, and Reinhardt with seven. Now, this was the stat that I thought was pretty amazing. Chuck Rousey with one field goal in the game. It's 15 to 16 from the free throw line. Man. What a free throw shooter. <laughs> wow. Amazing. One field goal. I mean, they did something right on him. They have him to one only one yeah, field goal. Yeah, just bow him every – that's a yeah. horrible strategy. Yeah, every, that was bad. Every time he gets the ball. <laughs> he was obviously getting to the hoop and getting fouled. And, uh, yeah, 15 to 16 from the free throw line. Hey, Gary, Following just to cut in here, Chip mentioned that I was doing Bar, bar Eve basketball on the radio. My my play-by-play -play partner, Mike DeCourcy, just texted me, wanted to talk about he's trying to catch up on Yellowstone. He said, what are you doing? And I took a picture of our Zoom screen, and he said, pass on that your brother has fantastic facial hair right now. Yeah, I mentioned that in the last episode. It's, it's great. You haven't shaved since October 30th, so we're, we're going to see, wow. see how it goes throughout the rest of the month here. I'll take a screenshot of this one and put it out there for the fans. Following the game, Red Hill coach Mike Ray mentioned the Saluki football coach Bill Huff. He's currently in the Good Samaritan Hospital in Vincennes, and he said, we're going to dedicate this win to him. So oh. the boys won up for coach Coach Huff. Ray concluded that his estimation, the most valuable players in the Salukis were Chuck Rousey, Berkeley Carey, and Dave Clark. That wasn't much of a stretch there. No. Rousey, the six-foot-two senior, led the Saluki scoring the first game, of course, we said with 27. Berkeley with 23 in the second game. He says, speaking of Saturday evening's game against Oblong, Ray said Dave Clark was our most valuable player. Clark was the six foot one senior, scored 12 points, and pulled out nine caroons. He said, we're off to an excellent start. 
We've opened up with a pretty good. We've opened up with a pretty good ball club. And he added, "Our our conditioning is uh, not what I thought it would be. We wore out real quick." He said, "Those first three games were a measuring device. Include that consistency, which is shown in the tourney games, will be an extra boost when they face other conference teams." He added, "The front court play improvement helped us." Coach Ray went on to congratulate neighboring NEC basketball team Lawrenceville as they swept the Danville Schlarman Topper Classic. With three wins, he said the county is now six and zero in basketball, and this is one outstanding conference. Wow! Yeah, the first the first three of the sixty eight win streak there. Oh, that's uh, true. Yeah. yeah, good call. Um, yeah, Dave Clark. I'm, I'm impressed by, by this tournament he had. He was a question. He was in a clue on the uh, Jeopardy episode we did the, in the Dave category, the David category. Oh wow! And I think I, and I think um, may have stumped you guys on that one, but yeah. So I'm glad to hear him putting up some some big numbers i didn't remember him having such a big tournament i think if if he scored the ball like uh chuck rousey did for you 60s rock fans that uh they would have been nicknamed the dave clark five right <laughs> good to see the picture in the dog tails back again, to the show don't have, <laughs> don't have the dog tails book you see a young Corey and chad ray holding up the number one symbols they were managers on the team and uh, that team finished 10 and 16, though, and only won three conference games. So I think that must, the conference is obviously probably pretty loaded that year. I have a feeling, yeah. but, um, you know, uh, still a 10 and 16 record and only winning three conference games. But hey, a great start nonetheless. I think we're going to get to a couple more. Uh, I'll finish up my segment with uh, a couple more songs. We've got a little number three in the country. This November of 1981 was. Uh, couple guys named Hall and Oates with private eyes. Gary's covered this before because he's used this song before, I believe. <laughs> it's, it's great. We're going to have a Hall and Oates discussion here in a little while because I think we're going to hear another song of theirs coming up. Hall and Oates, ladies and gentlemen. My last song before we move on to 1982, it's a little ditty by the police. I'd say this is probably one of my, I, I really, this is probably my favorite police song, but every little thing she does is magic. This is what they said about Chuck Rousey at the free throw line. <laughs> Whenever I think of this song now, I always think of uh, the Office episode when <laughs> Kevin's playing, Kevin's band's Scranton, Scranton. Yeah. Is playing <laughs> at the, uh, the Vance wedding, and uh, I can't think of the girl's name. Uh, oh, Quincy Jones's daughter. Uh, her name's Rashida, right? Um, yeah, yeah. She was, Karen? She was singing the song Karen? with Scrantonicity. I think it's Karen. Yes. Jim Halpert's girlfriend at the time. Well, if you're not in Scranton and you are around Bridgeport and you stop and say, hey, where should I go have dinner? I want to sit down, have a drink, have something to eat. You know what people are going to say? Go to Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, the iconic watering hole in Bridgeport for over 75 years. The Gray family has been serving hand-cut steaks, fantastic sandwiches, and, of course, those great catfish dinners to people for special occasions or just a quick bite to eat. 
Todd, Becky, and the boys serve it up to you with a friendly smile and service you just don't get everywhere. Watch the Facebook page for daily lunch specials, and if you can't dine in, give them a call, 945-9501 for carryout. And, of course, let the Gray family cook for your family today. And that amazing segue is going to go right into 1982 and Chip Jamerson. 1982, the tournament field remains the same. We've got Palestine, Edwards County, and Oblong. We're, along a, with the, we're on quite a run of this, yes. this same four teams. Along with the host, the Red Hill Salukis, the defending champions of the tournament. Like so a little preview of the 1982-83 um, season. Uh, we've got five letter winners back, but we did lose a lot from last year's team. Yeah, I was going to say, this is we're going to have some turnover here. Yeah, Berkeley Carey's gone, Chuck Rousey's gone, Dave Clark's gone, amongst others. So 10 of the 16 uh, squad last year, a lot to replace from that. But we, as I said, we do have five lettermen back. Um, so a, a, an early season quote from Coach Ray, um, he's – He's got Edwards County slated for the late game on Saturday night. He's um, kind of thinking that could be the championship game. Um, last year, Red Hill got by Edwards County 73 to 71, as you as you know. And yes. he's kind of looking at hoping we can win these games against Oblong and Palestine and have another rematch with Edwards County. Uh, he says that Oblong's rebuilding this year. So um, not expecting a lot from the Panthers. Edwards County does have four of its five lettermen back, and they're going to open up against Palestine. So um, Ray does mention we have lots of depth on this team. We do lose a lot of talent, but we're we're going to go 10 strong every night. So he's not really worried about foul trouble at all. Um, and he's going to be experimenting early on with different uh, lineups, combinations, and so forth to see what works. And, of course, free throw shooting um, is a priority at, it, on any Coach Ray team and talks about um, and on the flip side of that, people that foul a lot, that's going to be addressed in practice that if you're out of position or you're being ignorant with your fouls, that'll be addressed a lot in practice as well. You know, Chip, I wonder when we talk to Coach Ray, uh, if we can get him on the podcast and talk about his time at Red Hill, wonder how different it was back then then now when you've got a big turnover in your team like Red Hills had over the last couple of years that we're covering here, they didn't play, I'm guessing, they didn't play a lot of summer tournaments and, no. and stuff like that. So you're literally, when you, they rolled the balls out, what, first of November? Yeah. You're you're figuring it out on the run, right. I got to think. That's a great point. And I'm sure there's always, because, you know, when you play, you know, throughout the whole summer now, you kind of know who's in and who's out. Yeah. You'll have that surprise here and there, but there might be some guy that you had, you know, written down as expecting him to show up and um, he's not there on November 1st or whenever. And so, yeah, you are figuring out now, the five letter winners. It looks like we are going with the Saluki socks with the Salukis down the side. Um, th those famous Saluki socks that many of us had a pair of, I'm sure. I know yep. I did. Um, oh, yeah. That Doug Grismer famously wore inside. <laughs> all four of us had those. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Junior pro. Um, we all wore them in junior pro or Brian in Brino's case, eighth grade basketball. Um, so we've got our letter winners back are Todd Parrott, Mike Ash, 
Ray Pink, Doug Grismer, and David Gray. And as I said, we're going to go 10 deep this year. So also expecting a lot of playing time. You sh- uh, Rick Hussey, the six, the six three. Um, I think he's a junior, maybe. I didn't write that down. Old number 44. Um, yeah. Um, so Hussey, Todd Bushy, um, sophomore Sean Grismer, and then juniors Jimmy Medlin and Bobby Lightus should expect to see a lot of playing time early on in the season. A um, little bit more about the team. With the quickness and depth that we have, he seriously thought about just platooning this season. Pointing out most players cannot go a full 32 minutes without a rest. He said, we'll have a running ball club, so we're going to run and gun. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll get out and go, but if the fast break isn't there, we'll set up a pattern. And mentions a down season in football this year. I think this might have been the first uh, Bill Evans season, so this would have been an 0-9 football season we're coming off of. Yep. Expects a little more um, – in basketball, but he says, be cautious. I mean, he's like, we lost a lot from last year's team. As we mentioned, the coaching staff this year, a uh, brand new staff, it looks like as well. Uh, Jeff Lynn and Daryl Wagner will be the assistants. I remember this Daryl Wagner yeah. here. Daryl from St. Francisville is Bobby Wagner's dad. Right. And I remember oh, in junior wow. pro that year, Bobby came over and played junior pro in Bridgeport because his dad was affiliated with the program. So that's my first time ever seeing Bobby because I mean, he was played for St. F and so forth, and you don't really, you know, you didn't weren't as exposed to as much of the kids from St. F back then. Right. Um, but yeah, um, came in and kind of dominate, you know, dominated some because I know he, I don't, he must have a late birthday because I know he played down like at the younger level and was dominant against some of those kids. So yeah, I think it's maybe Daryl Wagner's one year. Was he still there when you were a freshman next year, Brian? No, he was not. I, I'm just wondering if this wasn't a, an enticement to try to try to get them oh, ingrained yeah. and wearing the blue and white. <laughs> That's true. That's a great point. <laughs> they took Frohawk away, so we're yeah. <laughs> we got to get started um, early. <laughs> Red Hill's looking for its sixth title in 11 years. Let's go a little bit through the music now. I don't have a lot of tie. These songs didn't seem to tie in as much, but I'll try to, um, on the spot, try to think of some things here. So I don't have anything here, but the number one song that week was from Lionel Richie, Truly. We truly liked going to the (laughs) post-Thanksgiving tournament. We truly miss Chuck Rousey. Something I'm noticing, and maybe this is normal, but I'm looking at the Dogtails book and maybe the uniforms. Is, maybe this is normal. The, the uniforms that I'm seeing in 1981, okay. or new uniforms that time, these are the same uniforms I wore in 1989. Is that normal to keep a uniform around? I mean, it was freshman uniforms at that yeah. point, but my goodness, that's a long time and for now, those. And I'll tell you, they were... They were small. I mean, they shrunk, too, because by the time I wore that number 44 that I believe Rick Hussey's wearing in the picture you're looking at. I mean, Rick Hussey was a big guy. 
And listen, yes. I'm a I'm a fairly wide person right now, but I wasn't back then. I was a buck sixty, and that thing was skin tight on me. Well, I'm wearing. I mean, this thing's skin tight on Ray Pink, and that's what I wore. Yeah, and Ray Pink was really skinny. Yeah, I wore Todd Bushy's number twenty two on the JV squad in uh, the eighty eight eighty nine season. So. Now, I- I will say this, and I think possibly how that happened, because they, they just would get passed down from varsity to JV, yeah. the freshman, whatever. But uniforms were made much, they were much stronger. I can still feel this uniform yeah, like, right now. Yeah, I can too. Because like, I know like Olivia's varsity, junior varsity, bar Eve uniform, it, well, they're very nice. They're thin and lightweight. Those yeah, things I mean, were heavy. These were like the quality. Like if you buy an authentic NBA jersey, you yeah. know, the, the heavy mesh right, and right. sewn-on numbers, this right. was that exact same quality. So, I mean, they obviously did last a long time. Yeah, they sure did. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's the best uniform in Red Hill history just by look. I just love the way it looks. I like the red numbers. Um, yeah, I, I like outline. Is this the one um, with the Red Hill at the bottom or no? No, uh, no, okay. That's yeah. John Brooks yeah, yeah, brought yeah, those yeah, in. Gotcha. And these are Salukis at the top. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. Great, it's probably, to me, the most iconic <laughs> yeah, uniform. I agree. Ever had. It's the most, we've had more iconic teams, but you don't really, the uniforms, yeah, I can kind of picture what uniform that each team was wearing, but well, that, yeah, nothing that, like this. That'd be a good podcast, the uniforms. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, number two song that week, it never, it's one of those great songs that never went to number one, spent a long time at number two and spent a long time in the charts. It's, very popular day. Definitely one of my all-time favorite songs, Laura Brannigan's Gloria. I actually got into hockey a little bit when the Blues won that Stanley Cup a couple years ago just because they are playing Gloria after all their wins and just and they would play it over and over. You know, and it's, fun, the, it's funny you say that. I would get listen to that. It's funny you say that because I was I looked up Laura Brannigan because you know sometimes I like we like talk about the one hit wonders and she did have a few songs. Um, I, I missed that whole St. Louis Blues thing, but they talked about the resurgence yeah. of this song during yeah, that. Yeah, I guess the guys they they were out at a bar after a game or something. They played it on the jukebox or something. They all started singing it and kind of became a team. They rallied around that and then went on a winning streak and then ended up winning the cup. So and I didn't realize uh, the demise of Laura Brannigan. She died really young, fifty-two years old in her yeah, sleep of an aneurysm, early two thousands or so. Yeah. So yeah, and, and there's some great songs out there. I think I was talking to you guys one night what what I was doing on a Friday night. I was watching YouTube videos. Of, I was watching Laura Brannigan videos on YouTube. I think I uh, posted one night. Yes, so uh, a lot of good songs out there. And then I'm just going to go through all my songs right now. I guess this is a song you can really associate with basketball. Um, it's not what the song's really about, but um, that tough man-to-man defense, the crashing the boards, the carooms. I think that the number seven song that we got on its way to number one Daryl Hall and John Oates, Maneater. All right, since we've talked about Hall and Oates, I've got a little Hall and Oates segment I'd like to do that I hope people are interested in. Do you want to do it now or you want to wait till after the basketball report? Um, let's just go ahead and do it now. Okay. Americansongwriter.com. This is how they rank 
the best 10 from 10 to 1 Hall and Oates songs. Number 10, one of their number ones, Man Eater. Number 9, One on One. Number 8, another number one song, Kiss on My List. At number 7, this one is on americansongwriter.com. Number 7, another number one song, Rich Girl. Number 6, Sarah Smile. Number 5, So Close. Number four, number one song, Private Eyes. Number three of the Hall & Oates' best songs ever, another number one song, I Can't Go For That, No Can Do. Number two, You Make My Dreams Come True. And according to them, the number one Hall & Oates song, Out of Touch. Your thoughts? I when people ask my favorite Hall Notes song, that's what I always place at number one. I think I, I think Out of Touch is their best song. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, I'd put Man Eater number two for me, but but Out of Touch definitely the best of them. And two of my favorite songs of Hall and Oates wasn't even mentioned. I love Adult Education, mm-hmm. as mentioned on the Brino and Friends show. Thank you. And <laughs> uh, Method of Modern Love. I like that song. Oh, it, yeah, I don't. I like that one that's one of those songs that gives me like a weird, like, like a good feeling. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't really associate it with a time or a place. It just makes me feel like. The... Yeah. I, I've got a feeling during that song too. And I like that feeling. And <laughs> another one of my favorites is, <laughs> I just, is uh, um, it was on that 1980 countdown. I was listening to over the weekend. Um, it's a remake, of course, of a very popular song, but their their version of "You've Lost That Love and Feeling" is it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I, I must just, have I must have caught it on the uh, on that countdown too because I just heard it like yeah recently. <laughs> no method of modern love on there. I mean, that's how how deep they are. My goodness. Um, and it's hard when you're listening and or singing that song not to jump to the dude. Yeah. Anyway, I, I asked the question the other night to, to Mike DeCourcy. How, I wonder how involved Oates was. He, Daryl Hall is such a musical icon and, I don't know. Every song you think, all their popular songs are Daryl songs. There's Oates songs out there, but like name one, it's it's kind of hard. So he's just trying to. I mean, he wasn't doing any of the music or the composition. Well, he had to have been. I mean, Hall never really. Yeah. It was a long time before Daryl Hall kind of went out solo, but I don't know. But Adult Education, though, and I know we talked about this on one of our podcasts or one of. Go look at that video it is yeah. bad yeah that was on the bright yeah right. show, if you haven't listened to that um, <laughs> go deep into the archives for that one let, let let's get on with, with the tournament here let's get and on. so as i said it's the same field back for more we're going to open up um we're going to open this tournament against oblong and we defeat oblong oh, yeah. suck it Six- dave <laughs> 63 to 53. Todd Parrott popped in 20 points on nine field goals. Um, Doug Grismer um, had 18, and Mike Ash had 14. Uh, Grismer, a junior on this team, the others seniors. Uh, Coach Ray Quo is really pleased with the number of turnovers we had. We only had 10. Uh, and then they tur- Oblong turned the ball over 21 times. Our defense was good for most of the game. We had a couple letdowns, but overall it was good. 
Uh, his bench was a big factor. He used nine guys in this game. And when he sent somebody that helped a lot, we had fresh people the entire game and were able to press and play a little tighter on defense with that uh, with those fresh bodies. Um, so Red Hill's off to a 1-0 and start. And then, so our next game would be against Palestine. And let me go find that game. We, we came out real sluggish in that game. You've got to give um, Palestine credit. Hold on here. Um, so Jimmy Medlin, a big game that night, um, uh, had seven. The junior had seventeen points off the bench, wow. and he had three key steals. Um, and as I said, they came out sluggish, but um, his players may have been looking ahead to the Edwards County game for the championship that night. They just weren't mentally prepared, and you know that Saturday afternoon game—that's the hardest. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest one. Yeah, because you got the Friday night game, you're fired up, opening game of the year. The Saturday night game, you you know you're playing for a title. This is the tough one but it's a trap game yeah but red hill did come out on top so we're two and oh again and we're once again facing the edwards county running lions in the championship game uh edwards county just came out what a basketball power they were back in the yeah, uh, early they were and if i remember right i think they were really big too i mean they had good size yeah, it seems like they they yeah from time to time they'll have some some big teams they were got to 13 to um um they outscored Red Hill 13 to two in a third quarter blitz to commit to get the commanding lead and ended up winning 51 to 38. Um, it was close throughout until that, um, until that third quarter. So Red Hill finishes the season or finishes the tournament two and one in second place. Edwards County won the tournament. Uh, Grismer led us in eight with eight points in that championship game. So not a lot of um, scoring in that one. So, we're once again two and one to start the season. Um, inexperienced team for the for the most part. And other things going on that I have are um, a miscellaneous item. Uh, Red Hill eighth grade. We talk a lot about that Tim Loken game in the round robin tournament where he had forty four points and forty four rebounds against Brian's eighth grade yeah, team. I witnessed all of that. Um, and I'm sure the score was very lopsided in that game. It seems like from what we talked about, Red Hill goes on the road to play the Flora. Pups, I believe they're called. Um, 54 to 46 loss. I was like really impressed with that. Thank you. You guys went to Flora, played on the carpet, I'm sure, yep. and um, played an eight point game. And that same weekend or that same week, you played Salem to an eight point game on the that long road trip to Salem. Yeah. Um, so Brian's eighth grade team's playing really well. And in that Flora game, everyone talks about the 44 44 from Locum over at Red Hill a few weeks earlier. Brian had a double-double of himself in Flora, 16 points, 12 caroons for the Red Hill Salukis in that game. So he was, you know, lettuce in scoring and rebounding. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know so why it, you guys make this game so hard. An impressive junior high career. I mean, on the Richard Dixon episode, um, when Coach Dixon, he was being completely honest. He wasn't just saying it because we he was naming – Great junior high players he remembers coaching, and Brian was like one of the first names that he listed. So <laughs> I was I was pretty sure he was just being nice. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Um, I mean, look at this double double um, at the plaza. I I don't think I was at this turkey tournament or this sorry post Thanksgiving tournament because um, Empire Strikes Back was at the plaza, and I remember I saw that in Lexington, Kentucky. I saw that uh, in Vincent's with my cousin John. Um, I'm assuming it was, I always think, I always thought it was Christmas break, but I'm guessing it was probably, we were yeah. down in Kentucky for Thanksgiving weekend. So 
And then Heidi, if you don't want to go see, if you're not into Star Wars in the theater right next door, Heidi's song was playing. It's rated G, so for all audiences. So those were the two movies playing at the plaza. Did they have any X-rated theaters down there that you saw? (laughs) (laughs) Um, At the the Lawrenceville Greenhouse was celebrating their 50th anniversary this weekend, so there's a lot of specials, which means now they've been open 89 years. I thought that was... I think I was impressed by. I assume Lawrenceville Greenhouse is still no. It's unless they're in a different building. Yeah, it's abandoned. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think that place would ever close, but they made it eighty some years before they closed. Um, I'm a former delivery driver for Lawrenceville Greenhouse. That's right. Um, fifty. So happy fifty years to them. I think I've covered most. I know Sirloin Stockade had a great deal going over there on um. They're on Willow Street in Vincent. (laughs) Four ninety nine. Yeah, a dollar ninety nine. You got your choice of some different like steak dishes and so forth. Dollar ninety nine. You got the the meat. Um, It wasn't like a fillet or anything like that, but um, you got your your. But you got the unlimited salad bar with this for a dollar ninety nine. So more you want. If you after the game, I'm sure we had a lot of people going over there to Sirloin Stockade. What's your go to steak when you when you go out to a nice steakhouse? Ribeye always. Yeah, I'm ribeye. New York strip for me. Yeah, I'd go either one. They're very similar cuts. A T-bone's pretty good, but I don't have two cuts with that. I don't I like ever the, order I a like T-bone. The, I like the strip because there's n- nothing to navigate except meat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I like the ribeye for the marbling. I think it gives it much more flavor. Oh yeah. I got two more things to mention here. I, on our preseason article, I didn't mention that our enrollment was 430 that year. Wow. So when to compare that to 2021, our enrollment is 264. So just wow. so you can see how the enrollment's gone down since 1982, 430 that year. And then um, I actually put a picture on the Facebook page today in our cover photo of those five returning letter winners I mentioned earlier, those iconic uniforms. Uh, with Coach Ray there at the front. And Coach actually uh, put a, um, a uh, what do we call that, a comment under the picture. And so I'll, I'll read Coach's comment here to wrap things up. My last year coaching basketball RHHS, thanks to all my players for launching a career that expended to, extended to Vincennes University, Crawford County, Indiana, Wabash Valley College, Lincoln Trail College, Hudsonville High School, and culminating last year at Oblong High School. I appreciate I appreciate all of you for the fond memories. Wow. And uh, had, we've had a, a fairly recent comment. John Parrott tagged Todd Parrott, and then Todd just said, <laughs> I have this picture on a poster in my garage bar room with a lot of memories. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, so Johnny Parrott, right, from the earlier um, – that's right. Thanks. Uh, was uh, the one that alerted Todd of that picture. So awesome. Everything's coming full circle on this podcast. Yes, it is. Well, before we get to 1983, I want to mention our sponsors one more time People State Bank, the Andrews Insurance Agency, Griffin's Pizza House, and of course, Gray's Restaurant. Let the Gray family cook for your family today. And now let's get to our last. Year 1983, and guess who's back? Back again. John Brooks is back as the Red Hill coach. Did an uh, an interview with the Daily Records' Don Neese and was very, very positive. Um, 
talked about, you know, if we can keep everybody healthy, I hope to be competitive come regional time. If we could finish fifth or sixth in the conference, I'd be happy. I've got boys that want to play, can do well. In addition to Grismer, Lightus, Medlin, uh, team members that will see action this year, Dan Pank, juniors Brett Atkins, Brian Hicks, John Reed, Pat Seed, Chuck Miller, Brian Piper, amongst others, and um, said that there might be a freshman or two play. And Height Baldwin and I, as freshmen, did get to dress in this tournament, which, quite frankly, was a dream come true for me to yeah, do that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but then, a couple of days later, in the Vincennes Sun commercial, this article, I'm not sure what happened in the few days, maybe, between these two interviews, but this is as negative as an article you will ever read in the newspaper from a high school basketball coach. And remember, the season hasn't started yet. And I'm, I'm just going to read it because it's it's literally that entertaining. Head coach John Brooks hired at Red Hill, head coach for the second time. Players missing from practice Monday due to injuries was Grismer with a broken ankle. Sean Grismer's got a bad knee. Brian Piper, a thigh. Senior swingman Pat Seed, mono. That's wrong. He was a junior. And junior forward John Reed uh, has got a foot injury. Brooks said it was possible for Red Hill fans to suffer through a similar season as attitude problems have arisen and the injuries continue. Brooks said, I took over. The, remember, the season has not started yet. <laughs> this is his first year as coach. I took over this job because no one else wanted it and somebody had to do it, Brooks said. When I first started, I thought we could have a winning season, but with all these injuries, we might not do it. We're just going to have to battle and hope to be competitive. The seniors have an attitude problem, he said. I wow. think it comes from football. They started off with a 4-1 and one record, started fighting each other. This is a direct quote from your brand-new basketball coach. I have never seen a bunch of kids that hate each other so much. <laughs> Brooks was fired by the school in 1976, said he could lose two more players because of academic problems. We shouldn't be rebuilding, he said. We're going to have to have more discipline than last year. If they can't, I'll just bench them. So far, the bright spots have been the good class of freshmen, and I just hope and you just may see some of them play. They have the potential to be pretty good in two or three years. We did have the potential to be pretty good in two or three years. I'm not going to go into that. Brooks said the loss of Sean Grismer, nine points a game, and Doug Grismer, ten points, shot my season right off. Brooks said that 6'2", Bobby Lytus, and 6'3", Chuck Miller should be able to fill some of the gaps. So now where are Doug and Sean at this time? They're hurt. Sean, okay. Sean broke his foot in football, or Doug did, and, and Sean's battling battling knees so which he would end up uh, helping us that year i believe and for sure would help us the next year um, when we had a little bit of a run uh, when some of these guys came back so that's how the season started um and i know we're just talking about the post thanksgiving tournament here this season was a beyond a disaster the seniors all quit I ended up starting. We you talking about going to Flora? We went to Flora this year against a team that went to went to Champaign, and they would inbound the ball to me and Height as freshmen, and we could not get the damn ball up the floor, and we had no help, and we had no coaching, and it was awful. Yeah, awful. I was not at. Was that game over at Flora? Yes. Yeah, because I remember I was not at that game. But I remember I opened the um, Evansville Courier the next morning, and it was. It was bad. It I mean, was, they scored over 100 points that night. It was two the, freshmen. Look at dog tails. It was see, two freshmen. Lost by 66. Two freshmen facing 
a 2-2-1 trapping zone defense, and it was just the two of us, on a team that was going to state, and one of their pre- or trapping guards was six foot four. So um, I was not six foot four. And uh, so anyway, that's that's the way this season's getting started off. So you know you're going to get what you're going to get. But uh, over at the movies, um, <laughs> all the right moves with Tom Cruise is debuting a small town kid in a in a sleepy steel town. It's going to try to make it big. But the big news here is I wa- read a little bit about this movie. Craig T. Nelson is the football coach in that movie, and just a few years later, he oh, would go okay. on to be a football coach in uh, Coach. Minnesota State. The other movie was The Smurfs and the Magic Flute, which, okay, whatever. I looked it up on IMDb because I always like to see how much these movies made. This made $11 million worldwide. It said that it was released in 1976. Okay, so it was out before the, the Saturday morning cartoon. Yes, by a long shot. This yeah. was actually shot, this movie was made in the mid-1960s in Belgium. Okay. And then it was completely forgotten about, except for a small release somewhere overseas in 1976, and then it got released in 1983, and the United States made 11 million bucks. So, interesting travels for the for the Smurfs. Uh, music, real quick, number one in the country is that guy we've heard from. We've had a lot of themes in this podcast. Lionel Richie, All Night Long. Number two in the under two in the go ahead, Dave. Oh, number two in the countries. The song is ironically I uh, I remember playing volleyball in PE my freshman year. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Classic video for this song. So they did three. No, wait. Ebony and Ivory is with, with uh, Stevie Wonder, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so two songs, this one and PYT that was on the Thriller album that Michael and and Sir Paul teamed up with. We would go on to sing this song in chorus a couple years later. Oh, good job. Or one year one year later in court. The next year we would sing that song. Geeky and I would. <laughs> did we? Or Just the two of you? Oh, that's or, or 185 of our closest friends. Or did only special chorus get to sing it? Oh, I remember singing this. I had the, I remember the, I had that, that that lyric sheet in front of me singing this song because it was okay, okay. Well, you could have um, you could have sang this one, the doo-wop version of Billy Joel. Whoop! And I hit the wrong button. There we go. I'm not going to play more songs, but what a countdown it was. Those three songs, one, two, three. Number four, Islands in the Stream. Number five, Come on, Feel the Noise. Six, Love is a Battlefield. Seven, Say It Isn't So. Number eight, Heart and Soul by Huey Lewis and the News. Crumbling Down by Mellencamp. Number 10, PYT, Michael Jackson. That's pretty, uh pretty salty countdown right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this week uh, in other post-Thanksgiving news, the streak is over as the Lawrenceville High School Indians lost the first game of the Danville Schlarman Topper Classic to the host team, 
60 to 38. The streak ends at 68 no, and it's somewhat fitting that the streak belongs only to former Lawrenceville coach Ron Felling. George Grubbs did not get a piece of that. I remember hearing that news that weekend that, that Lawrenceville had been beaten and, mm-hmm. and uh, that that streak was over. Interesting stat in this tournament, though. Senior Keith Frohawk, who obviously had a little bit of success as a freshman at Red Hill, went over there, got him a couple of rings. It's his time to shine. It's his team. First game, two points. Second game, two points. Oh, my. Third game, two points. Wow. I I was absolutely shocked when I saw that. I knew he didn't have a big season, but, yeah, really, man, he scored seven in his first game at Red Hill as a freshman. Yeah, so – um, very interesting, but as we move over to our topic tonight, the post-Thanksgiving tournament, Red Hill High School Slukies opened their basketball season in fine fashion Friday night by defeating those dastardly Oblong Panthers 54-52 to after controlling the opening tip. They took the lead. It went back and forth all night long. Uh, Oblong um, kept grabbing the lead. The Slukies would take it back in the fourth quarter. The Slukies stretched their lead to 10 finally. With four minutes, here comes the onslaught, and Oblong makes a big, big comeback. And uh, Red Hill then kind of started to try to hang on, and uh, a last-second basket by Oblong made it 54-52. But the Slukies win it. They were led in scoring by Brett Atkins with 14 points, followed closely by Bobby Lytus with 12. Jimmy Medlin, Chuck Miller contributed eight each. Dan Pank added six. Pat Seed, Brian Piper, and Brian Hicks rounded out the scoring with one. Brian Emmons did not play, did not score in that one. Um, Saturday afternoon, Edwards County got them. They uh, put up a good fight, but Edwards County won 51-49. Slukey Chuck Miller led all scorers with 24 points. Other scorers were Jimmy Medlin with 9, Bob Lytus 8, Pat Seed 4, Dan Pink 2, Brett Atkins, and Brian e. Hicks each had 1. Begs the question, would you rather score 1 or none in a basketball game? 1. Okay. I'll go with 1 for a guy with 15 career points so. Slukey coach john brooks said he was disappointed in the loss but it's just one of those things they made they just made a mistake as to miller's hot hand coach brooks said i knew miller could shoot well he just needs more confidence and he proved that he could uh he could shoot in the afternoon um the uh the mistake he's talking about was just a real late turnover by the slukies um broviac from edwards county uh, stepped in the front court and uh and led led a led a break off of a Red Hill turnover, which which ended their hopes. And so we go to game number three. So we're one and one. Go to game number three. We got Robinson, and they came into the game looking for a third consecutive win in and the uh, post Thanksgiving tournament title, riding high on two previous tournament wins over Edwards County and Oblong. The Maroons were brought back to earth in the first quarters. The Slukies jumped out to an early five nothing lead. And uh, they uh, led at halftime 31-23. The third quarter, Red Hill continued to lead 43-34. Red Hill, or Robinson opened the quarter with uh, eight unanswered points, narrowing the Slukey lead to 43-42. With four minutes left in the game, Red Hill began a delay offense, running the clock down to 235 when the stall was broken up. Red Hill and Robinson traded field goals, ran the score 47 
45 with 31 seconds on the clock. Robinson gained control. Dan Pank, who had his best game of the tournament, stole the ball inside inside Robinson and called timeout. On the inbounds play, Robinson's Joe Winterwood fouled Pank, sending him to the line. Pank connected to get the lead up to 49-45. Maroons did score at the buzzer again, but to no avail. Redhill wins it over the favored Robinson Maroons, 49-47. Redhill was led in scoring. That will be a common factor come going forward. Pat Seed with 18 points. He was backed up by Lydus and Pank with 10. Miller had six. Medlin had five. Red Hill had their best night at the free throw line, hitting nine of 17. Afterwards, Coach Brooks said, I had thought if we could win two games, I'd be happy, but now I'm a little disappointed because we should have won the tournament. A last-second shot in a two-point game cost us the title. At least we beat the ones who won the tournament. The Sukis then uh, talk about going to Flora or opening home against Flora, and then the season would quickly start going down the toilet, which uh, – yeah. Never wanted that. You're two and one, and that's your last one of the year. It looks like. Um, yeah, things got ugly. Lost um, your next nineteen in a row after that. I got, I got sick. Man, I like a cold. I mean, wasn't dying or anything. I got sick, missed a day of school, and Hike called me and said, "You should have been there." It erupted in a big fight, and the team fell apart. People quit, and. That's all she wrote about that season. Yeah, because looking at this team picture, they have like a, an up-to-date team picture. So, like, Medlin's not the team picture. Bobby Lias isn't in the team picture. And maybe others. Are, those are two 284 guys I could think of off the top of my head that you looks know, like did not finish out the as season. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about this. I think the, that fight, maybe Todd Todd Bushy had already quit. I know they had yeah, a Todd little. Todd Bushy's not in the picture. Yeah, yet. they had a little scrum, and and that may that may have been what triggered the negative interview in the okay. paper. That, that that practice may have happened in between the the positive interview and the negative interview, but uh, yeah, not not a good sight for uh, for the Salukis there, and and uh, we we've we've talked about. I think it was was it this season or was it eighty two was was it eighty three eighty four eighty four eighty five We've done a podcast on that school year, and I, I went into a little more detail on some of this. But. Yeah, it was one la- yeah about a year ago we did that. Yeah. Um, it's a, a lot of negative stuff. Let's just put it that way. And and uh, Red Hill basketball yeah, could mean, have been better. And had did Brett Atkins play? Did he play part of that seat? I know he was a junior on that team. Did he play a part? I know because he's not on the team at this point. Um, I know Cameron Atkins is on the team, which is at this point not the Atkins you want. Yeah, nothing against Cameron, but I yeah, he was a freshman. I mean, yeah. but but Brett ends up coming back out the next year. Yeah, I and, remember that. And we had a real good team that that next year. We had some we had some success. Um, struggled early, but then some of those guys came back out. Um, Brett Atkins at point guard and Sean Grismer in the middle. You know, and then you've got Chuck and Pat on the wings. I mean, a good basketball team. Brian Hicks in there with some size. I mean, there's some really, really good players. Um, yeah, I mean, Chuck Miller's not even in this team picture. I mean, did I? So, uh, Chuck, did Chuck not make it through the season, or is yeah, he? I'm sure he did. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem. Yeah, so I don't know. I things, never really it, like, it, thought about were, it that much. Look at it, how many like missing faces are uh, not it was, in there that it I would was expect to see. Complete complete and utter chaos and i can't describe it in any other way um so we'll leave it at that we won't go into it anyway um let's get it wrapped up here that's the post thanksgiving tournament and i think overall i didn't write it down and figure up what our record was but 
um, what we covered, one, two, three, four, five, six years. Did we – we won at least two games every year, right? Or maybe one – I think we won two every year. So, maybe not I don't that, think we – we never won three. So, I, or we one year we won three, so. Maybe not that first year, the one that got um, – my, my first year was 0-3. Okay. So, but it averaged out to two, two – we had one 3-0, and 0, one 0-3, and everything else was 2-1. and one. Yeah, so pretty good – pretty good successful run. The, the uh, post-Thanksgiving tournament would go on for – is this the last one? My junior year, I know we were at Paris. I feel like maybe we went to Paris the next year. Yeah, you went year. to Paris the next year. Yeah, yeah. So this was the final post It came back for one year in 87. Um, we hosted it for in the 87-88 season, a one-year return. Because that was my freshman year. I remember it going on that year. Yeah. Um, so uh, And then we got out after. So I don't know what why we brought it back i guess we couldn't find it for a player i don't know but. so a good a good tournament it was it was always fun like i said to go in the gym and get the season started off and we had what two head coaches and a, a host of of assistant coaches yeah. that ran ran through there yes so well let's wrap it up dave you got any thoughts you you weren't with you being in the field you didn't do much research uh, you were a, just a, a listener on this one yeah just kind of a tournament that I really wasn't aware existed. So you learned a lot tonight. And we hope that's what our podcast is doing, educating people. Yeah. Yeah, Just like the Facebook page, you know, you see people having conversations on there. Just a lot of fun. I hope everybody's enjoying, we're, we're enjoying doing this and it's fun to, uh, to go back. If we weren't doing a podcast and we found out that you could do all this online with all the old daily records and, and Vincent Sun commercials, we'd probably still be doing this. You're just getting to yeah. listen in, and I hope, yeah, you're, exactly. hope you're enjoying it. What did we talk about on tonight's show? Um, I'm going to lead it off. We talked about Dan Barnfield. We talked about Grandpa Ray's tr- truck slash camper. We talked the dominance about- of Foreigner. Yes, Lou Graham, um, great singer. We discussed, speaking of old trucks, damage to a truck and damage to a face. Dennis Bowser gets assaulted. Um, Medical controversy. Six foot four Terry McAdow was mentioned. Comes back. James Harden has nothing on Terry McAdow in making the beard famous on a basketball court. We We talked about Peter Cetera singing backup for a Billy Joel song. And speaking of Peter Cetera, we talked about Mike DeCourcy. Yes, we did. (laughs) Granite City South comes over and plays in our little post-Thanksgiving tournament. Terry Cravens scores a bunch of points for Oblong. Yes. We talked about Red Hill Junior Pro on a couple different occasions. I know Bobby Wagner was discussed in that. Yes. We talked about Dave Clark. We talked about Flores Carpeted Gym. Really, really heavy jerseys. Yes. I mean, NBA quality. We talked about the Smurfs from Belgium, 1966. Belgium. Rick Hussey. Rick Hussey, 6'3", 205. I expected. <laughs> I, I thought he was 
bigger than that. He's like six, seven, three hundred when I think about it. He was much, much bigger than the sixty-pound deer that Russell L. Adams. Yes, that was in my snag. My favorite part of the podcast. That's the saddest part. Chuck Rousey could shoot, and could really shoot free throws. Yep, old number twenty-two before Todd Bushy and Chip Jamerson wore that uniform. Tim Conway and Don Knotts, the comedy duo. Lawrenceville Greenhouse, I thought was still open. It is definitely not. <laughs> They've been closed about 20 years. <laughs> oh, it hasn't been that long. <laughs> I never go down that road. I never drive down that road when I'm in Lawrence County. Well, when you drive in the roads, go see Andrews, Peoples, <laughs> Gray's, Pizza House. We are Red Hill. Let's go right. Oh, Third time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Good night.